Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wrestling Daft presents The Daft Sheets. Look in my eyes. What do you see? Not fucking CM Punk on TNT. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Wrestling Daft Daft Sheet. I, as always, am your editor-in-chief, Chris Jack, and I am joined uh, this week by Steve Roach and Lewis McNaughton, my trusted journal buddies, to go through the best and worst of the week in wrestling as we look to fill the Daft Sheet. Lads, great to have you on this week. Uh, how's how's things been for these? Yeah, same old, same old, mate. Um... Been a wild couple of weeks of wrestling, isn't it? It has yeah. been wild. Just getting round to finishing it. I know. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to catch up on most of it just from the weekend there, both in and outside the ring. Uh, other than that, it's been a pretty, pretty okay couple of weeks, and um, the, the the weather's turned babyface again, which is quite nice. <laughs> I was just in time, just in time for the rain's gone back to school. Uh, so <laughs> I, it's. It's sunny, everyone's in a sunny disposition and there's absolutely nothing in the world of wrestling that could turn it dull again because uh, it is never dull in the world of wrestling. And I think particularly this week as we look back at what's been going on, this has probably been the most anti-dull uh, period that we've had in quite a long time. Now, uh, before we get into to hitting the headlines and, and filling the daft sheet, I am currently in the middle of a, a house move. Uh, thanks to the, the wonderful people at Open Each and BT, we are live through full fibre broadband uh, for recording tonight. Uh, so that got me thinking uh, and, uh, about, you know, what could there be icebreaker thing be this week? And initially I thought, you know, it being the big move, I was going to ask you guys what your favourite wrestling move is, your favourite big move in the ring would be. But Steve, you came up with a much better one, which has probably got a bit more mileage, which is what is the, the best house show? <laughs> that you guys have ever been to. So, Steve, we'll come to you first. What's your favourite house show you've ever been to? It'll be the house show from 2004 at the Brayhead Arena. I think it was the first time, or even only the second time, that WWE came to Glasgow. I think prior to that, it was 92, 93, the one that Rab and John always go on about on the main show. Um, So it was a big, big deal. And uh, the card was pretty decent. It was a really good lineup. Um, Cena, he was the he was the hot new thing at the time. He was at it. He wrestled on it. I think he was US champ at the time. Uh, main event was Eddie Guerrero on the Big Show. And if you told me at the time, only a year and a bit later, Eddie Guerrero would have passed. I would never uh, believed you because he was right in his prime. He was WWE champion. He was in the midst of that hot run. Um, and you know, retroactively looking, it was it's it's something I cherish more and more because I got to see Eddie Guerrero wrestle as well, Aye. and also and also the the house shows, like the house shows, are traditionally even then were meant to be like family friendly. There wasn't a lot of family friendly stuff going on. You had <laughs> uh, Paul Heyman, he came came out and cut a promo, calling us all fat wankers. I mean, he's wanting to talk, but 
Um, <laughs> but hey, it looks quite funny. And also JBL just cut a promo saying Scottish people are all ugly, dumb, stupid, and are just England's bitching on us. Um, so the culture wars aye, it's really good fun. Aye. And what about yourself, Lewis? What was the, was the best house show you've ever been to? Uh, Steve, when did you say that one was with JBL? 2004. It was, was right that, off the back of this mean at 20. Was that in Aberdeen? No, this was SCCC. I oh, think the boy was one in Aberdeen at the same I time. Went to the, I went to the Aberdeen one. That was my first ever uh, house show. I was six. That'll make us feel uh, a little bit older. <laughs> Jesus, you, you wee dick. <laughs> no, but I was, I was one of, that was one of my favourite ones because uh, I mind JBL at it and I mind... I don't know if Undertaker was. I think Undertaker was there, but I remember I was wearing that. Um, he was at the Aberdeen one anyway. Um, and I, I was wearing all there was. It was a bit like, <laughs> it's quite uh, fitting. There wasn't um, any kids-sized shirts there uh, at the event. A little bit like um, All Out, All In, sorry. <laughs> so I had to buy a, a adult small, and it's a Rikishi <laughs> one, and it still fits me now. Um, that was one of my favourite ones. Or The last one I went to, which was actually... I think it was it was October last year at the um, Hydro. Ravy Davy <laughs> was outside it flogging his wrestling school, um, which <laughs> started the night off wild. I was like, oh, Ravy Davy! I was absolutely pushing him up, um, and that continued because one memory I'll have forever is the New Day won their match, or the way to won their match. And everyone was cheering, and it went completely silent. The mo- moment I went, kick his fucking gun in Xavier, <laughs> I stood up and shouted it. And he was like, he was pointing and trying to see who it was. He was like, stand up, stand up. So my hand, my hand was up, everyone cheering away. Um, <laughs> and as he was going down the ramp, he was pointing at me. He was like, mon, mon, mon. And I went, and he gave us a hug on the way down. So that's a uh, nice memory, I'll, memory I'll never forget. So either one of those two, it was wild. Class. Um, my, the third one. my no, nah, the last one was just um, when Triple H came out and joined the Shield. I was at that one as well. Uh, that was a belter. So I one of them. as well. It was. It was lucky. Lucky yeah. to get that. The ah, last so- one I went to was back 2017. Um, it was it was when was champ, or he, or he was just about <clears> to become <throat> champ. Mm. I remember. I it, it was just before it because I remember. It already been announced as number one contender that the, the previous week in SmackDown, and I was arguing with two guys going, "They're not going to put a belt on gender. Don't be <laughs> stupid, like, lads. They're doing it. Like they, they've already confirmed they've, they've got this big new media deal in India. When they go, India is the third biggest market after us, and obviously the US. Um, they're serious about um, exploring the Asian market. Mate, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And then they'll tell me, "Mate, you're, you're fucking delusional. There's no way they're putting it on." Uh, uh, gender two weeks later at Backlash gender goes over and I remember texting both those guys hate to say I told you so um, that loop was probably one of my uh, favourite house shows as well uh, they did uh, Belfast uh, I think at the start of that loop because uh, gender won the, the title when I was in Canada and the Belfast show was the weekend before that. I went over there for a couple of weeks and I got to interview Alexa Bliss for the, one of the websites that I was working for at the time. Uh, and it was class because I kind of I accidentally negged her during the interview. Because uh, it, it was. <laughs> so it you was said that I accidentally necked her there. Oh, no. Uh, Did you miss No, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, basically, uh, I had 
I would, I'd been prepping interviewing stuff, and it was because it, it wasn't long after that she it wasn't long after she'd been called up. I think, uh, and we we're talking about like the emotion of you know getting called up live on the to the the main roster and stuff like that. And then I was saying to her about how uh, she 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 done nearly well for herself on the the main roster despite not being one of the the horsewomen kind of thing. I was like, and as soon as it came up, my mouth mm-hmm. I was like, oh fuck, I've, I've Jericho'd this. Because uh, like I, I put my foot in it when I interviewed him as well. I was like, oh shit! But she was the only really nice, but she was absolutely lovely. The only down to earth, uh, flopping away, you know, loves that accent. And she's like, I wasn't expecting to hear her. Well, she didn't say wasn't he? Uh, but um, well, was like, oh, I, I, I wasn't expecting to hear a Scottish accent here in Belfast. And she was saying about how uh, whenever they go on European tours, she loves to to sample the the different coffee they they get. Uh, like in different cities and stuff. And I was like, oh, where did you go in Belfast for your coffee? She's like, oh, Starbucks. The Starbucks are different everywhere you go. Um, so I was like, that's not really getting into your coffee there, uh, Alexa. <laughs> uh, but no, it was the the show that, that uh, weekend as well was, was very good. There was a, a very famous, because the, the weekend before, there had been a big fight at the, the Botanic Gardens in Belfast. Uh, and there was a sign right down the front that the wrestlers kept getting drawn to, which said, uh, my dad's not here because he's fighting at Botanic. <laughs> so, so that got a bit of facts on the, on the social media as well, so it was, it was quite good wrapping that in. I was going to say Can anyone see that? I don't know if you can, but it's Triple H in the shield gear. Right in the front row. I've got the fucking Fast. worst camera ever here, but just believe me, believe me, that was that for. <laughs> I remember what you were saying earlier, uh, uh, like somebody telling Xavier kick his fucking cunt in. Like this is why we Glasgow will never get a WWE uh, pay per view because we just can't <laughs> just we trust just to keep it clean, can we? <laughs> like, I, I, I think we fucked it enough when we did the, the Bailey chant, didn't we? Yeah, that was a good one as well. Like. That's something that's right. never been lived down as well. The Bailey thing—it's always been uh, like ever since then. It's something that they kind of they, they thrive on it. It's something that they always expect to happen. Uh, that's me and uh, Miss Bliss there. Oh, she was champion team as well. Aye, I got to touch the belt. Big time. Really? Big time. Anyway, house shows are class, but the the big shows—not Paul White, but the the big shows, the big events that have been happening <laughs> this week—are what we are going to fill the daft sheet with. Uh, and as always, we're going to look to fill the front sheet with the uh, the biggest news story of the week. Uh, and I don't think we're going to be competing much in this one because it's, it's pretty damn clear that the, the rumours of Tyrus being backstage at the uh, payback <laughs> on Saturday night uh, after after dropping the NWA World's title uh, is uh, is obviously going to be the, the main draw. But I'll, I'll come to you first, Lewis. I mean, what, what, do you think there's anything bigger than, than Tyrus? Uh, for the past week, um, I wouldn't say bigger. I'd say maybe maybe similar level. Um, CM Punk and all his shenanigans, like he always gets into like a twelve-year-old girl, um, or a. We'll junky just clip that there and get you done for libel. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he'll be after me next. Um, but nice. No, I don't know. I don't know what his crack is. Obviously, Tony Khan's come out, sort of solved the issue, got rid of him, whether that solves the issue or not. Um, but over the last week or so, there's just been more and more coming out about um, cameras around Wembley. Are we ever going to see what happened? Who sort of instigated it? 
seemed like it was CM Punk um, by starting saying, don't do this, don't do that. But then it was Jack Perry um, sort of being a bit egotistical. And then it's just sort of spiralled into one day he's coming to WWE. Well, one day he's in AEW next day, WWE bound. So it's, I would say CM Punk being a dafty is aptly the biggest story of the week for me. That that's the reason why we're recording kind of a night later uh, this week, uh, as opposed to the usual Tuesday night uh, recording, because I was convinced that there was going to be some more uh, CM Punk drama to drop over the next couple of days. Uh, so again, you know, go, going back to what you were saying there, Lewis, in terms of like the the timeline. Obviously, CM Punk has his altercation with, with Jack Perry uh, just before the start of his, his match at All In. The other week there, the two of them have a bit of a scrap afterwards, or whenever it was. Apparently, Samoa Joe had to break it up. Uh, mm. We wondered exactly what was going to be happening all week long. Then on Saturday, uh, just before, about an hour or two before the collision was due to uh, commence the recording, there was... Uh, uh, a tweet with a statement from AEW saying that uh, CM Punk, Phil Brooks and all his AEW affiliations had been terminated with cause uh, which set the Discord on fire on Saturday night much to my wife's chagrin uh, as as my phone kept going off with everybody chiming in on it. Um, that was Alexa Bus. Uh, no, it wasn't Alexa. No, I gave, I gave her the wrong number. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the so they had that and then whether whether or not you think it exacerbated things or made things better is, is up for debate. But Tony then went out in front of the live crowd in Chicago to see what, what had happened. And then at the start of the collision, he made the, the, the kind of the, the, the statement to camera about the, the the reasons for the sacking and how he feared for his life at one point during what was going on. He said that he'd uh, he'd spoken with outside legal experts as well as, in, as his internal disciplinary team. Uh, and uh, with that one fell swoop, probably, if we're honest, a year too late, uh, CM Punk is now gone from AEW. Steve, like, what, what did you make of it all? What did you make of the, the, the whole announcement of it and the, the, the reaction to it over the last few days? I think like everybody else, just uh, wow. Um, I, I'm just shocked at the timing, given that it was 24 hours before all out, and then merely what two hours before collision mm. was due to air. It was just mind boggling. Um, I want to put on my tin tinfoil hat for a minute and think. I reckon there might have been a mutiny, a locker room mutiny. Aye, I, I, I think um, when the when the well, maybe when they were going over or scheduled to go over what was running order for, uh, for collision, the whole locker room just said to Tony, enough's enough, Tony's got to go, it's it's other, other uh, him, because this can't go on. Uh, whether, we, whether or not he's um, totally to blame or you know he's only partly to blame, he is one of the guilty parties for what happened uh, all in. He heavily spoiled what should have been the company's uh, crowning achievement, selling 80 plus thousand uh, at a stadium and put on this all-timer great show and yet 
fallen on from it. It's just talking about him and his his backstage behaviour and let's let's be frank, toxic uh, attitude towards everybody. I, I think I think someday I don't know maybe Jericho Moxley, um, Danielson, whoever it was, um, went up maybe maybe collect, collectively all of them maybe those three and the elite. Mm. Went up to Tony and says, "Enough's enough, Tony. He's got to go." And again, it's tinfoil hat stuff. I, I think if if it, if that was something that did happen, we probably would have heard of heard of it. But I think something had to happen. Probably the more realistic thing is what you've just said. Tony can discuss it with legal and said, "Look, is this guy going to cause a lawsuit here? Because this is now." Now, two serious physical altercations, where uh, uh, where a a working uh, a working environment got seriously violent, and somebody um, very nearly got seriously hurt, or perhaps worse, myself included. If the story is true, that he lunged at him, Mm. so I think probably more likely, a lawyer said to him, "Yeah, you probably better get rid of this guy because he is going to cause a severe multi million dollar." Lawsuit that you just don't want around, but you know, to quote Taz, I digress. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's the I, thing with it. I mean, we we kind of get caught up as wrestling fans and people that are, uh, you know, heavily invested in the the world of professional wrestling and all the the stories and all the drama that comes with it. But at the end of the day, it's it's employees, it's a working environment, it's it's a business, and mm-hmm. if anybody. That I worked with or you worked with behaved in that kind of way where they're being physically threatening to people if they're very easy to rise to debate from other employees as well, then they need to go through that disciplinary route. And yeah. you know, you don't you don't go for the boss. Like you don't you just don't go for the boss. And again, Aye. until we see the, the CCTV footage from uh, Wembley. Uh, which we probably will. Uh, I was listening to uh, Stephanie Chase. Uh, she's just started a podcast uh, talking about you know her experiences as a wrestling journalist and following AEW and whatnot. She made a good point that uh, when uh, Solange Knowles, Beyonce's sister, battered Jay-Z in a lift, <laughs> the, the, the CCTV of that went everywhere immediately. Aye. And... I expect, you know, one, once that video becomes or falls into the right or the wrong hands, then it's going to be the same as that. We're, we're going to see exactly what happened. If if he has lunged at Tony, or if it's, and again, not taking sides on it, maybe Tony's not, Tony doesn't strike you like a Vince McMahon type in terms of being able to handle physical shit. So it could just be, you know, maybe Punk stepped to him, put the shitters up on that kind of thing. If maybe the the scuffle with, with Jack Perry has maybe just got a bit too close to them and he's swung or something like that, we don't know. We won't know until we see evidence uh, of it. I think on your point, like just, on your point there, where um, like not being able to handle altercations like Vince and that, yeah, I think it's. I think Tony Khan's been a bit sensitive potentially there, uh, coming out saying he thought his life was in danger. And mm. then I seen a video. Like he said that, and then directly after it, cut to Vince getting elbow dropped with a trash can on him from Shawn Michaels and thrown <laughs> off the uh, St Valentine's Massacre cell and getting buried alive nearly by the Undertaker. 
the thing is, there's a big, big difference between a planned wrestling spot and a physical altercation yeah. in Guerrilla. Like, you're <clears throat> probably all right. He has been, he has been dramatic. See, my life was endangered, but Who still, you right? don't want to, you don't want to. You don't want to worry. Let's not forget Punk's gets MMA experience. He knows how to throw a punch. And Tony Khan only weighs, what, um, 90, 90 pounds. Aye, <laughs> uh, he's at like 90 pounds if he's wet. Can I figure if CM Punk were to throw a full full hook at Tony Khan, you know, he, uh, he, he could be talking a broken jaw at least. So and to be fair, you I, know, I can where it comes from. But the mood that Punk's been in, he probably would have tried to throw hook at Tony Khan or anybody else in the vicinity <laughs> uh-huh. as well. But it's, it, it, it's, it's a really, really... Uh, I think was part of that match. <laughs> uh, he would, he'd have probably still been about as well. But uh-huh. it's, it's just one of these things, like, we, we've said on, on podcasts over the last the last wee while, you know, the majority of us are Punk fans. We, we've enjoyed, we enjoyed these guys through the WWE ranks because that's where most of us would have seen them in the mainstream. We get so excited about seeing them coming back to uh, to, to wrestling uh, with uh, the first dance and everything <coughs> like that. It's that, that 2001 run that he had with, into 2002 was marvellous. There were so many great moments, great matches, great storylines that he had. Then last year with the... The, the fallout from all out you were still anticipating him coming back at some point because he's box office you know you wanted to see what was going to happen you wanted to see if he was going to come into contact with the Bucks if he was going to come into contact with Kenny Omega if we were going to get that kind of payoff to things and all of that last year overshadowed the MJF and then yep. fast forward a year and he's done it again maybe inadvertently but like him getting sacked now has completely fucked the 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 unification match that we were hoping we were going to get between them. Yep. It almost derailed the, this whole Ricky Starks arc that we've praised over the last week while as well. And you could tell from his promo and collision the other night that he was super pissed off <clears> that his his potential headlining of of all out had just been flushed in the pan because because of you know, Punk's actions the week before. Right. Luckily enough, and I think we're probably going to get onto it later on. Luckily enough, the 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 make do that he had, you know, probably elevated him higher than the match with Punk might have done. But it's just the, it's the it's the butterfly effect of it, everything that's that's impacted on it. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, what, what, what I... do you do? You think AEW is going to be in a better position now that he is away in terms of mainstream success, media eyes on the product, or do you think that they're going to have to kind of reset things? And I think and... <coughs> I think the short term there will, there will be a hit. Bronze Cello has just shared something just before we came on on the Discord. Apparently, um, they took a two hundred thousand uh, viewership hit on Collision as soon as. Tony came up on screen and announced that he'd been he'd been released from his contract. Instantly, there was like they lost fifth of their viewership. Now, I nothing bores me in wrestling about talker ratings. I can't be honest with it because I think modern day ratings don't matter anymore. Streaming yeah. numbers are where where they're at. But hmm. you know, Bronze is a reliable source, and he got that from I think it was Fightful Select. So they are probably. They're no, probably going yeah, to take. I've seen that as well. Just hit, before I came on here. In terms of, aye, 
Aye, but but long term, I'm sure they'll be fine. MGF, he's the future. Um, he's hot and ever. The, the Adam Cole stood the line, he's still red, uh, red hot. And as we're going to discuss later, he's got a good uh, that looks like it's uh, in the oven now with Samoa Joe. That's box office shit right there. I can't wait for that. And like AW was already on the up before Punk came on board. And I actually think, do you know what? Now that he's now that the elephant out of the room's gone. Um, and uh, the locker room's going to feel a hell of a lot more relaxed now. I think they'll only get better. I think shows are only going to get better. I think there's going to be less tension uh, and there's going to be more ha- harmony. I, I, I liken it to uh, maybe when, I'm trying to think of what a good football comparison, probably after Roy Keane left Man United. Yeah, like he he emphasically was an absolute <coughs> uh, volatile, for better or worse, figure in in the dressing room, and Alex Ferguson just decided one day enough's enough, get the fuck, and Man United I think on later that season won the Champions League. So, I I think they'll be fine long term. To a lesser extent, the the footballing analogy that I saw of it was uh, CM Punk was the equivalent of Joey Barton signing for Rangers, a guy that thought <laughs> a guy that thought he could go into a go into a, 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 a newly established, uh, shall we say, uh, side and bring his experience and wealth a wealth a higher level football uh, to uh, to to a new team uh, and and start a new history for that club. And you know, Joey Barton failed at that aye, miserably. Aye, when he when he likened the sign to Neymar signing for PSG, <laughs> it'll be no, it'll, it'll be no language barrier, you was. know, Barton being French. Um, maybe not, maybe not got over here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, the, the only other thing I was wanting to say about the, the CM Punk stuff and them getting fired is, do you think that now that he's away, the elite? Also need to stop taking jibes at them, taking barbs, and just put that in the back burner as well. Because I mean, I know that on oh, uh, they're still having uh, chops at them on on being the elite. I think there was a thing about Kenny uh, Kenny Omega drinking Pepsi and, and you know saying it tasting like liquor <coughs> fuel, and also the the Bucks taking a victory lap at the end of Collision as well. And again, I don't know if that's maybe just because they were in Chicago and, you know, building like getting the heat for that. But do you think that for it to be as harmonious a breakup between CM Punk and AW as possible, Tony also needs to say to them, fucking reel it in, get over it, move on, he's away, he's don't need to be doing this anymore. Yeah, I'd say that's probably one of the maybe one of the only differences between AEW being as maybe secure as WWE is um, with uh, can you still hear me yeah? uh, I've got Aye. a wee pop up there um, with shit like that happening it just seems a bit immature um, I yeah. reckon arses would be booted if say someone like uh, WWE who, who's Who's on top? Say if someone like Roman Reigns got released after he had a fight with Seth Rollins or something, and Seth Rollins came out and started doing the point to the the ones or anything like that. There's a difference between when someone's 
you're in a feud with someone when Seth Rollins comes out in the polka dots and he uh, comes out with the shield music uh, against Roman Reigns or he wears the Finn Balor gear from wherever. When you're they're actively in the company, you can have those giant, uh, sort of jabs and all that sort of stuff to get heat. But when it's more of a legal situation and a more volatile one like that, I think they just need to get a grip and sort of reel in the immaturity and the Aye. focus more on the the future rather than dwelling on the past. Aye. I agree. I think um, one of the things I hated about WWE post-Monday Night War era was all the, the kicking and pissing in the grave of, w, uh, of WCW. There was no need for it. It was so it was so pathetic. It was so petty. Vince, whenever he, he could get a chance. Yeah. Uh, but particularly when like, Eric Bischoff was the uh, was the raw GM, like pretty much every week, mm-hmm. Vince reminded him, there's a reason why you're the general manager Monday Night, night Raw and I'm not the, the general manager on Monday Night Raw. And I, I hated that shit. It was just so petty. Like, Vince, you won. You don't need to piss in the guy's uh, grave. No one mm-hmm. respects a, a sore winner. They're, they're, they're just as bad as, as sore losers, in a way. So I hope... And I think I think it's some WWE in recent years. To be fair, have got out of their system. They're a bit more grown up now. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't they they don't kind of take those kind of jibes and risks. And it's something that AEW needs to stop as a whole. Like sometimes it's all right to make wee jokes about it, but see when yeah. it turns into something petty and uh, and volatile and nasty, it just it gets a bit uncomfortable. After yeah, all, so I really do hope that they. Yeah. I, I, think, go, I think really. I, won't, no, sorry, I, was just say, I, I, I hope it's something. Uh, they, they, some, somebody has the, the, the wisdom to say, look, he's gone. We don't need to deal with him anymore. Let's just, let's just not talk about him on camera anymore. Right? Let's, just, let's just get on with, uh, uh, with putting out the best product we can uh, and get on with our lives, basically. Yep. Well, I mean, um, the just, last just piggybacking have on, on yours, mate. Oh. Um, sorry, Chris. Just piggybacking on yours was just about. I think the last time I heard WWE throw a wee sort of jab at anyone like that was maybe when Sting came out. Um, at, it was a WrestleMania 31, um, and they said, "This is what it feels like, Sting. This is what eighty thousand feels like." So Aye. I'm glad he got his his own back on that by coming out of Wembley yeah. in front of a couple thousand more. Well, what we'll do is we will put a fine point on uh, on the, the CM Punk debacle with the headline, uh, which I've got here as Tony Khan has finally had his fill of CM Punk. <laughs> so we'll put that down there. Uh, now, what we'll do is we'll go on to the back page. Now, there's been plenty of uh, options this week for the, uh, the match of the week to go on the back page of the daft sheet. Uh, I'll come to you first, Lewis. What would you say has been your, your pick of the, the end thing for, for this week? Yeah, I'd say this week's probably, as far as I can even remember, the most four-star-plus matches, even four-and-a-half-star-plus matches that I've ever seen in, never mind two weeks, like a whole month or even six months of wrestling um, across WWE, AEW, <clears throat> whatever else might be. I'm sure they've been putting on matches like that. However, I'll, I'll leave the AEW side to, to Steve. I'll go for probably what I think one of the best matches of Payback was and that was the tag team title match, I'd say. 
even though it was maybe not the the classic like Gunther versus Gable or um, maybe even Trish and Becky, but I thought that was probably the most fun, most Attitude-era-like match they've had in a little while as well. It started it started off pretty hot, slowed down a little bit like sort of Judgment Day-style matches do, um, and then just the, the moments that were in it, such as them going away and coming back in the hockey gear, um, them... Rhea Ripley spearing Kevin Owens through the barricade. Kevin Owens doing the swanton off the um, sort of rafters. And then even the sort of attitude era style finish of nearly winning. Refs uh, can't do anything because it's a DQ. Dom comes in, numbers game, one, two, three. I just thought it was a really fun match overall. And it's not quite the classics that maybe Takeshita and Kenny Omega had or... or Danielson versus uh, Ricky Starks, but yeah, it's probably the match I had some of the most fun watching over the weekend. Do you think that it's been uh, a bit of a, a wasted opportunity with Owens and Zayn being champions? Because you know, they had all the hype going into WrestleMania, obviously against the Usos, winning the belts there, finishing that story to, to, co- to coin a phrase from them. But in terms of their actual run, as champions, do you think that it, it it stands up? I think that I think when they first became champions, they probably had a better a better outcome for themselves. Um, I certainly feel like I had a bit of more more sort of belief that they could do something with the tag team titles. I don't I don't feel like they've been massively elevated from where they've been. Um, however, they've put on a couple of good matches here and there. They didn't. They didn't get on the SummerSlam card, which is weird. I don't know if there was an injury or anything that you can sort of fill me in on there. But I get the. Nah. I've always got the impression. I don't follow WWE as much now, but I've always got the impression that Owens and Zayn were victims of the Bloodline storyline. Mm. Why? Well, what way? What do you mean by that? Like, because like, well, they 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 took the belt, the belt from the Usos, and yet. It seemed it seemed like that was only used uh, as a as a sort of I mean, uh, like a storyline yeah. piece for that. Like that it wasn't about the bloodline, yeah. Uh, exactly. Like it should have been a like. I mean, it was a great match they had, and it was a a great title, and it was one of the kind of um, feel good stories of of WrestleMania. Two lifelong pals becoming tag team champions together at WrestleMania, but then. Afterwards, it felt it was all just about the Usos losing it, because then the yeah. main thing was was Roman being angry at them for uh, for losing it, and then him and Solo try to win it back at Saudi, against them at Saudi Arabia. So it felt like it was only used to uh, as the next chapter the in, story, the, yeah. in the Bloodline storyline. It wasn't about them winning the, the belts. Yeah, I think that's a, that's definitely a good point. I think if they had their own sort of their own build and their own storyline that wasn't sort of a sub a subsection of the bloodline story they would have been able to put on exactly, I, I was hoping for them yeah. to, I, I was sort of hoping to keep for them to keep it long term and have feuds against the likes of the Street Profits and uh, and the Viking Raiders bring DIY. those guys back to prominence but I DIY like because there's, <coughs> there's been long time rumors that they're going to reunite but none of that happened maybe yeah. maybe that'll happen with the, the Judgment Day but then again they've got their own storyline now because Priest has still got the the 
is it this is it is he calling the senior money in the bank briefcase yes. now? Aye. <laughs> Aye, that's quite funny. Um so again I hope that Finn and Damien get a good run out of this, but I can't help but think that WD are only using the tag titles again uh, yeah, as a, feel as a side well. piece for that storyline. Yeah, I think as well. It, it was just with um well, last thing on the titles and that I think with they must I don't know whether there was a plan in place or not, but I think obviously Jay Uso coming to Raw, um Sami Zayn was the first out to greet him and he's sort of trying to be what what I got from Raw, I don't know if you've seen it, was he was trying to be the mediator between the whole of the roster that the bloodline and Jay has sort of wronged to Jay, trying to keep them keep them either civil or trying to become friends and that. So I thought I don't know if whether they just wanted again that part of the bloodline story they needed Sammy without the belts or away from that tag team. Um, mm-hmm. And that's maybe why the Judgment Day have got them or maybe they've got another sort of plan for them. But yeah, they are they are being used as a bit too much of a prop rather than a, a championship belt at the moment. The the trade for the, or the Jay turning up in Raw, I think is probably going to be the, the dagger back into the, the Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens storyline. It's going to be the bit that pries them apart again, I think. Because, uh, you know, now that now that uh, Sami's got his us back, you know, they're in the same show, they're away from the bloodline being on there as well. It's going to be kind of that friendship and with the, the anger management kind of storyline that they've got going with KO. Just now it's probably going to lead into that. And I think with the, the Judgment Day having the belts now as well, it's it's very intriguing because you've got the, the, the anxiousness over what Priest's going to do with the the money in the bank. Is Finn going to try and screw him out of that somehow? Because obviously he wants to ascend to the top. But the, the other thing that's came out of it as well, kind of under the radar, uh, Finn Balor is now a Grand Slam champion in WWE, now that he's a, he's a tag champ as well. And it's, it's mad to think that a guy that he's... Obviously, it was, the, it was the first Universal Champion for like what twenty four hours or whatever it was, and there was always that thing about you know because uh, because he was injured so quickly and that Vince didn't have the, the trust in him, but he's become this solid hand in WWE that you know it was it was almost it almost looked for a while that he was going to be going down the Dolph Ziggler route of being mm-hmm. the person that folk debut against and, and get the win over. But this whole Judgment Day thing over the last year has brought him back to prominence. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have been... I'd, I'd have been all behind him beating uh, Rollins for the, the, the World Championship. Oh, no, definitely. Uh, the, I was kind of disappointed, then. I was out on my as well, so he's got the, <laughs> <laughs> Now that he's got the, the, the tag belts as well, it's... Uh, it's just it's it's great to see that he's been acknowledged for it to to use a, a Roman Reignsism. But in in terms of that, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier on you've got teams like the, the Viking Raiders and potentially DIY coming back. Maybe that's part of the thinking as well. You know, you've got a lot of potential face tag teams in the division that you wouldn't necessarily pit against Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens. So having the, the tag titles on a, on a heel team maybe opens up those opportunities for the likes of uh, Champa and Gargano to come back into it. Uh, the Viking Raiders, I've never, ever bought them as heels. I just don't, I don't see it. They're too, too cool. Aye. They, their move set 
is too faceish. Aye. To take them seriously as that, and then obviously you you've got Alpha Academy in there. Great face tag teams, tag team as well. Although Gable going going it alone against Gunther recently has been been brilliant as well. So there's a lot. Is a lot of a, did I not hear rumours there's, there's an Otis Shield turn coming with that? Uh, no, they can't do that. Like, I mean, that was the whole fucking thing nah. with, with Tucker Knight. You know, yeah, like they, they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait to True. turn him heel as well. They can't be doing that. I mean, they were heel and then release him a week But in in terms of uh, of that being uh, a contender for match of the week, I've not yet got down to to watching it back. But I've seen a few of the spots where was it Finn was inside the bin, and Kyle uh, yeah, and Sammy were like wailing on him. Uh, I, I love that spot. Anything, anything where someone's inside the bin. Uh, I think it was at Io Shirai uh, in the, 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 the Women's the War Games match. Oh, yeah. that I, I was showing some of that to one of my nieces last night, and she was like, mm. how does that not hurt? I was like, it does hurt. It really does hurt. Mm. <laughs> Just go I've heard that. I've not watched Payback, but I heard a lot of good things. I know people have talked heavily about Becky versus Trish in mm. the Steel Cage. It was an excellent match. I'd say it's both, both their best matches like. ever. Right. I think it was probably both and their best matches ever. Really? Because like, I, I, I read a tweet. Uh, like, you, if you watched that match, you would never believe Trish was a 48-year-old woman with two kids. I know. I, 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 just, I just point blank refused to believe that. Like, regardless of whether <laughs> she was in a cage or not. She, she's or still... She's still uh, <laughs> Still, still, nineteen ninety nine. This status in my mind. Unbelievable. Yep. I know. I heard Rollins and Nakamura was a, a banger. But otherwise, I'd expect that to be. Yeah. Now the, the only the only one I've seen from Payback was the the Tish match. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have faith in you, Lewis, that that uh, that the the tag team match is is a great contender for the back page. Now, Steve, Just what would you put up against it? Go by his range. Well, <laughs> uh, well, all out. Uh, was um, all it all it was weird because there was bugger all build. It was only a week after all in, and then of course twenty four hours earlier was the punk fallout and and the, the announcement that he'd been released. So it, it was almost like you forgot there was even a pay per view coming. Um, and it, when you, you looked at the cards, you're going, "That is that is easily AEW's most underwhelming card." To date, because there was no world title match. I think it's the first pay per view that they've not had a, mm. a world title match because MJF and Cole were defending the ROH belts, which strangely was against Silver and Reynolds. Um, and there was no women's title match either. Um, they had that. They had the TBS Championship instead, uh, and there was no Jericho match. Like Jericho wasn't even on the pay per view. It was, it's, the it was first, first, it's the first AEW uh, pay per view that Jericho's not been on at all. Aye, so yeah, it was weird. Like I heard a lot of people saying, "This is shit. This, this is just like a, a dynamite, more, more or less." But they knocked it out of the park. Uh, match mm. quality wise, it might be the best pay-per-view this year, AEW or WWE. Um, I think I think it's an exaggeration to say there was three five-stars matches on there and then there's at least another two, which are in the, the four-star realm mm. as well. Uh, Hobbs versus Miro, uh, that was brilliant. And uh, hats off to the Chicago crowd 
for upping that with with a meat chance. I, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> And, we, and there was the other thing, we, we were all afraid that it was going to be the most toxic crowd ever because it was Chicago and they were going to be raging. The punk was gone, but no, they they had a lot of fun with it. And I think it's even a sign that even Chicago's decided, you know what, fuck them, we've had enough of them uh, mm. uh, as well, but we've, we've talked enough about punk. Um, there was also Takeshita uh, versus Omega. Oh my God, that was brilliant. Um, and the shock as well of Takeshita winning clean and that's now, I think it's five pay-per-views in a row Omega's taking a loss mm. as well um, Aye, I was going to say blood, blood and Guts but that wasn't a pay-per-view, that was a, that was a dynamite Aye, and, uh, and the main event was Moxley versus uh, Orange Cassidy and that was brilliant as well oh, that was just a bloodbath I mean the, the uh, I mean, I mean, usually it's Moxley bleeding like fuck. I was going to say for for a Moxley aye. match, there's a bloodbath, and he doesn't bleed in it. Exactly, it was, it was <laughs> OC for a change, and he was um, he, he took some brutal bumps in that one. I think it might be OC's kind of cement as a as a as a main event. I, I think people are going as far as saying now he's the next, he's the one that's going to dethrone MJF. I think you can't deny he's now a main event. No. But the match yeah, of the problem. night. Um, quite simply, Starks versus Danielson because mm. that strap match, Jesus fucking Christ! It, it it wasn't even a wrestling match at times. It was just a fucking bro, the kind of brawl you see in uh, Govan after an old fun game. It's <laughs> fucking mental. It was because um, uh, it was all shit as well. There was no, there was, they, they didn't need to say it because they were legit beating the fuck out of each other. Um, to and. Uh, and it started off immediately because before the the uh, the bell had even rung, uh, Starks bum rushed Danielson, put him out the ring, and then he got his own weight belt and fucking cracked him with the the the, uh, the buckle, and Danielson uh, bladed, and immediately he was bleeding like fuck. Um, and then the strap shots that Danielson was giving Starks in the in the nice corner. Face. Aye, aye, and then, then aye, the face off and they were just kind of whipping each other's faces was just mental. And there was great imagery that came out of it. Uh, one point, Danielson's on his knees and he's like giving the, he's giving like the Hogan stare when Hogan does the, the, the Hulk up and he's just mm. fucking crimson. It was just a great um, uh, imagery from it all. To, to steal something that they said on uh, the, the What Culture review of it, the, the first kind of portion of the match was Vicky Starks levelling up to uh, to Danielson, you know, with the brutality and the, the whipping with the strap and everything like that. But that that bit that you're just talking about there with the Crimson Mask and, and Danielson being like, all right, all right, that was him going up another level again. Uh-huh. You know, that that was the that was the physical that that was the the look that says, like Starks, I like what you're doing. Aye, now you're was, getting your, was, your arse kicked. Aye, I think it was. I think it was uh, reminiscent of these like old Japan matches from the nineties. If you watch a lot of them, like the Kawada Misawa matches, that's how a lot of them went. When like mm. one was one had the other on their knees, caused a chopping and slapping him, and the other was just looking at him going, "No, nah, still nothing." And then the other one would come back, and he would do the, the same to the other one. It was it was reminiscent of those matches. I was there. Did you get to see that one, Lewis? Yeah, I seen that match. It was wild. Like I was the only reason I didn't choose that was because I don't think I would have got there first 
uh, and the choices. <laughs> um, and I presume that was being lined up anyway, just because it was, it was the match of the night. I think, I think a good way to sort of put put that as well was Ricky Starks went straight up to fifth gear, but Danielson had the sixth gear in his car. That's what he was like. Uh, he was the one with the sixth yeah, gear in his car. He was the one with the twenty years on Starks that he just had. Right, okay, you've reached this level now try and get to this Aye. he just went well you, you've got to your 100% watch what I can do at my 100% so Aye, it, was like, it was it was wild it was, and, it was like a, yeah it was like the Undertaker Jeff Hardy spot from 2002 yeah. when Undertaker when they had that brilliant ladder match like Undertaker at the end said you're good kid you're just not there yet can I can I moment yeah. mm. I think as well just the brutality of it when you, you keep in mind that Danielson's probably still not a hundred percent fit. His arms clearly still still gubbed. He even alluded to that in the in the press conference. After oh, it was a legit, it was a legit rod he had as well. Aye, which I couldn't believe that they they had a lot they had a lot of smoke and mirrors in the match, uh, and you almost kind of forgot as well. I know that it was uncommented, but you almost kind of forgot that the the whole steamboat angle had been played a part in it because that was so heavily in the, the CM Punk stuff that they you kind of forgot that that, that was the case that, that it felt like it didn't feel like a match that had been made the night before it felt you know that the there was surely Aye. some kind of build to it with the amount of brutality that went on in it and then it the, think, like, imagine if the AEW did, did a job and actually had a, a good proper long hmm. booking my, plan for my thoughts use. on that as well. Eh? My thoughts on that as well would have been like, so, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was was CM Punk supposed to be? Was he penciled in against Starks on All Out? Yes, it was supposed, yeah, to, be, so, that was supposed um, to be the headlining yeah. match. If the if the thing is if if that was the case and Brian uh, Brian Danielson was clearly um, cleared to compete, was he just planned to not be on either of the shows? Because it was a massive, a massive uproar that he wasn't going to be on all in. Um, so was there a plan on him not being on all out either, even though he was clear? That's that's. I, 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 haven't, I haven't heard anything t- to the degree. I, I think it was very much a case of Tony calling Brian and say, "Look, can you come back a, a yeah, bit early?" Hundred percent. Like yeah, I, I think because like I was listening to Wrestle Talk's review of it. And I think it was Ollie Davis. He picked he picked up that not once did did Brian throw a punch with his with his right arm, and that kind of so he's still probably legit injured. That is probably one of the reasons as well why there was no wrestling in the match. We're so used to seeing a, a, a Brian Danielson match where he's putting in labelle locks. You know he's doing all the the chain wrestling. Using you know arm. he's doing the doing all that sort of stuff and. The, the strap match was the perfect clutch where that wasn't needed. And the, the and again, it's it's obviously been Brian that's agented it as well because having the, the hot start to it with Starks hitting on before the, the buildings, it takes out the the necessity to start with a lock-up or chain or anything like that at all. Uh, so it was, it was very well done. And that, was, that kind of leads me on to what my, my next question was going to be is there's been rumours that over the last few weeks, the creative direction of Collision has been more influenced by Brian and Tony's Tony Khan said in one of the interviews last week as well that if he was to die, he's already told his dad to give give the book, give the pencil yeah. 
to, to Daniel Bryan. Could, do you think now Collision should be the the Danielson show? I think I think they've got to give him it. I think um, he's a much more professional uh, leader than what Punk is. He's universally loved. He's someone that the young guys will all look up to and instantly uh, have respect for and trust that he has their best thoughts in mind as well. Um, and, and and I think because he's got that he's got that old school style with new school thinking. I think that that would make him a great creative force in there as well. Good I stuff. think the only thing with that maybe is that um, so like having him the the head of the sort of the the face of Collision uh, in terms of the differences between him and Punk is I feel like Punk's got a bit more about him all round sort of promo and uh, maybe other things about him. Whereas obviously Danielson is I'm not undercutting his storytelling or anything like that. Um, I don't know whether CM Punk's just got more of a sort of a promoter sort of personality. Sort of. I think there is that. I think I I get you mean Punk's got more of ability to cross into the the general public. Yeah. I think he he's got that. And he's got that kind of brief UFC exposure. He's been in movies, whereas Danielson is just a wrestler. He's just known to be yeah. a wrestler. I think, but basically, I was in Total Divas as well, mind. I well, I suppose like <laughs> my, my, my fiance knows him as oh, that's Br- Brie Bella's husband. So like, <laughs> he does, I guess he does have some that. kind of. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, that's that vegan guy. Um, so <laughs> I guess there's that, but he, he is Danielson is just purely a wrestler. Aye. you know, he's he's his punk had a bit more. Crossover appeal. So you're right in that, in that regard, Lewis. There was so there maybe, might be yeah, a yeah. drop down and stop and star power, but maybe they're just think, going down the route of a wrestling show rather than a. Aye, um, but I think sort if, of. I think in the immediate future, like, like give Danielson collision for a and, year until they can maybe maybe make it. I don't know if Jack Perry can pull his head out his ass, make him the sort of future starts. I guess. Like aye, maybe yeah. aye. Like Starks has got that ability to, to have that crossover appeal. Again, the the collision roster will probably open up a good bit now as well. Uh, I'd imagine that nobody's going to be getting banned for for the the building <laughs> if they turn up and stuff like that. Just uh, <laughs> so so it could be a good it could be a good place for the younger ones to thrive. Not necessarily, yeah. you know, the ones that are on dark and stuff like that. But you know, it, it'll just it'll give things. A bit better, a bit more space to breathe, because the co- collision is a very different wrestling show to what Dynamite is, and I hope it, I really hope it doesn't lose that feel where we're punk being away. But we shall move on. Uh, as much as I do enjoy a, a hardcore match, and I'm, I'm happy for Finn Balor becoming uh, the the Grand Slam champion, I think it has to be Starks and Danielson for yeah, totally the win agree. for the back page. Uh, and the headline for that one is "Strap yourself in for an absolute leathering." Uh, that's what we're going to learn more on that. Now, there's no that, centerfold. That, that could fall so many different ways. It could. It could. <laughs> uh, now uh, we don't have a centerfold this week, uh, so we're just going to crack on straight into the the page three uh, section on here for the uh, for this week's daft sheet, which is the most titillating bit of gossip that we, we've heard. Uh, so, Steve, we'll come at you first. What would your uh, your choice for page three be this week? 
And I'm not, not going to make any remarks about about tits this week. I've already outed myself as as has been a lover of the Trish that's in the yeah, likes of talking list. About, so I'm not going to be talking about So got enough tits. I've yeah. already risked the, the cancellation button enough. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know if there's any really hot gossip, but it's um, AEW have now officially confirmed October first. They've got another pay per view coming uh, called Wrestle Dream, and it's in homage to uh, Antonio, the, the first anniversary of the passing of Antonio Inoki. It's another New Japan uh, crossover event. It's not going to be to the same degree as Forbidden Door, apparently, though, because apparently New Japan has its own show in Osaka, I think it is, the night before. Um, I think it's, oh, no, not Osaka, it's uh, Kobe. I think it's the, it's the Destruction Tour that they do the kind of mid-autumn time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is going to be some fairly big New Japan names coming over. I think that's why Shibata was involved at All Out, because he's involved in the the setup of that. Um, but apparently it's also a sign that strap yourself in, AEW is going to be start doing mon- monthly pay-per-views. Like a time a, a time and a like a schedule hasn't been released yet, but I think Khan has pretty much all but said we're going to be doing monthly pay-per-views from now on. I've got mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Um Simply because my my pocket cannot take any more wrestling. <laughs> um, I've got a wedding to pay for. I've got a house to buy. Sorry, Tony, I can't. Uh, I can't afford this anymore. Um, and I'm not gonna, on top of all, I barely get time these days to watch the fucking hours upon hours of wrestling that's on seemingly every week now. Again, but another network or something. Aye, I think yeah, I think that, that's their ultimate clause, isn't it? They need, they need to make a, their own streaming site soon enough. Mm-hmm. That but, that may be that may be the way that they get there. because I know that it's, it's Warner that's kind of pushing them for it. So that might might be the case. They might put they might do more bigger shows, pay per views. But if there's a network attachment to it, so say you know if if they launch the AEW network on Warner Discovery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you know Warner will get the money from those mm-hmm. big monthly ones, but they keep the big four as proper fifty dollar yeah. shows. Yeah. Okay, that, that, that could be that could be the the they'll be around it. Could be. I think I think the other positives that could come from it is is that I, we get more uh, mid carders, a bit more pay per view and storyline time. I think I think that was another positive that came out of all out that. Some of the the mid carder guys, like say your Hobbs and Miros, uh, your your Cassidy's, your Starlanders, they got a bit more pay per view time for a change instead of the usual guys like Omega and and Jericho that usually hog the, the pay per view mm. uh, spots. So I, I would like to think we get him, we get to see more guys like I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Bandido. He's I'm, I'm like a broken record with him. Like, remember he had that superb debut match with Jericho just under a year ago for the ROH title. AEW signed him, and I think I've seen him twice since. Like, mm. I hope we see guys like that again, and guys like um, uh, House of Black, you know, we can't can't get enough of them. And I hope as well we maybe get situations where maybe the tag belt or the tag title match gets gets the main event or the TNT title gets the main event spot. I think Chris... Christian and Luchasaurus, they're doing a great job right now in their storyline, Christian especially, so I think they should be rewarded with like a, a main event spot on a, on a pay-per-view. 
So that would be good to see. I think, um, uh, yeah, I think one more thing, one more thing, like a positive on that as well, monthly shows is I think it takes a little bit more pressure off of the expectations maybe. Um, you've not got to wait quite as long for that. Um, that maybe wherever it is, two, three, four months it can be without a pay-per-view. Yeah. AEW, there's not that True. as much sort of, maybe it lowers the hype a little bit, but it does lower the expectations. So like All Out, because you just I, had all in, you were thinking all out's not going to be as good, and then it, the oh, bar was slightly low, especially the CM Punk stuff that it can just blow out the water monthly rather than without pressure every few months. There could, another way they could use it is, is that you, you look at like the recent people use like your double or nothings and, and all outs, like they were fucking mm. crammed with 11 matches. And yeah. it, aye, you can space it, it out it, more. It, aye, like, so maybe like. They can look at it and like, like we've got two or three matches more than what we need here. Let's take those three out. Let's put them on the next pay per view. You know, like mm-hmm. let's have a bit of breathing space here. And I, I know you you said earlier, Chris, the the Becky uh, Trish match wasn't on SummerSlam, and I heard there was a big uproar about that. Well, maybe maybe it was for the for the better because the this match, I this match of pay, payback. That they had sounds like an absolute cracker. Um, so, so maybe that's a good thing because it, 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 they got their they got their their moment at another pay per view. So maybe mm-hmm. this is something AEW should should look more to do. That that is a a, a cracking bit of gossip. Uh, that that I think is is possibly where the the front page the fact that they'd be going to the the monthly PPVs. Uh, but Lewis, can you trump that? Um, I'll I'll move us on to. Away from AEW a bit. Um, I'll talk about the. It's more. I don't know whether it's a, a bit more um, kayfabe uh, gossip, but what Adam Pearce announced was that there's going to be a trade to SmackDown for Jey Uso. So SmackDown are going to get someone, and I'm just wondering what what your thoughts are. Do you, do you think that's potentially just Cody's way of getting over to SmackDown to sort of make this? next six month build towards Roman or do you think there would be someone better who could maybe get a bit more spotlight on Smackdown or who you would maybe suggest that could potentially go over there instead of Cody or do you think it's sort of fully loaded there for Cody to go over and start his build towards Roman um, I think it was Cody that announced it uh, wasn't it? Yeah yeah, it was uh, Adam Pearce said it backstage but Cody was sort of I'll, I'll look into it as well, yeah. He, aye, so he brokered it kind of thing. So storyline-wise, yeah, it makes sense. Like he said, uh, swap, swap, do a direct swap, me, me for Jay so I can go over to uh, SmackDown. So that would make sense. But aye, it would be, it'd be cool if they could um, sell it another way where some somebody else gets a spot. Drew would, make, Drew would be ideal because yeah, Drew needs definitely. to do something. Because mm. this, I've, I've caught snippets of him and Riddle, and it ain't working. No, sorry, but isn't. it's they're, they're both they're both trying their best, but it just ain't working. And and I'm I'm so fearful that Drew's going down. Sorry, Dolph, but the Dolph's the Dolph's a good route. Aye, yeah. I mean, the, I think the, there's going to be a big big thing looming over a lot of the the guys in WWE and over the next couple of weeks as well. Because I think the Endeavor deal is set to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next week or so, and there's been rumours for quite a while that there's a big lot of cuts coming as well. So, if 
if none of them are, are shown shown up and shown out, like you're saying with, with McIntyre and, and Riddle just now, you know, I, you would hope that McIntyre wouldn't be one of the ones that would maybe go by the wayside that way. But uh, certainly, you know, if if moving moving show could freshen up his character, freshen up his storylines, that kind of thing, might be a, a bit of a saving grace for them. Definitely, I like it. They immediately turn him heel, have him feud with Ray with the US belt, something like that. I looked at him as you, well. Like, of, they could seen, even, you know, I just seen him on on Raw. I was watching him, sort of. I just got that in my mind about how he he almost didn't resign or he was going to quit because he'd done a high profile storyline or he wasn't being used enough or this just prancing around the ring with Riddle um, against the New Day and the Viking Raiders and that and it's just he's, he's been plopped back straight in the same position that he was and I just don't see see it going in the right direction for him unless the heel turn comes pretty, pretty quickly because I think we're all expecting that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I and again, I'd, should have happened after hmm. WrestleMania. And if if you're looking at position him as as a big heel, kind of turning, mm-hmm. like bringing bringing this section round, put him against Cody. Yeah, you know, I think we spoke about I, it the other I, week there. I asked us just that a couple weeks ago. We like there's, there's a sort of wee storyline lingering there about how Drew was the one that carried the company through COVID. And then this prick from another company shows up and uh, steals the limelight from me, and I'm pretty much kicked in the card as if it, as if none of it ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like they could, they could sell that, but uh, there's there's loads they could do, and I think opening that that kind of door, that kind of worms that you know, if Cody's able to broker uh, a trade, why can't other people do it? I know that, like, was it Michael Cole, uh, one of the commentators that said, well, he's used to being an EVP in a company, so he yeah. knows how to get shit done. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thing. So m- m- maybe that's the clout that, that Cody has. And again, that's something that they could maybe tie in as well. You know, that, that could be part of their storyline as well. How, how how's, how's Cody getting to make these decisions? Yeah. Uh, but but nobody else is kind of thing. So uh, it's, it's, yeah. an intriguing, it's an intriguing one. And I think it is going to be Again, with the Endeavour stuff coming on uh, and how they perceive what WWE is now to what they want it to be in conjunction with UFC and all that kind of thing, it's it's, it's going to be an interesting time as the time there as well. Are we going to see a more AEW style? Mm-hmm. Dare I say it from WWE to mirror the UFC kind of brutality? Because I mean that that's what I kind of I kind of look at WWE as being. The family show in AEW mm-hmm. has been the, the 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 more adult kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Is the UFC merger gonna gonna make any difference to that at all? It's possible, but like I remember talking to a guy at All In about this, and I don't think it's likely because WWE seems to have this successful business model of being the the gateway um, promotion. Whereas they, they'll get you when when you're a kid, but then AEW will then catch on to you when you turn about 15 or 16 because they've mm. got the more mature mm. and, and heavy-hitting kind of product. Cool, cool. I, I, I'm totally in agreement with that. With that. I think the I, I think the, the WWE family-friendly stuff, it's, I mean, I, I say it's not as violent. We've just had Lewis talking about, you know, guys getting put in bins and hit with kendo sticks. <laughs> You've got... Uh, 
to the to the McIntyre almost decapitating you've got, Xavier Woods with a, a, you've basically a chair. got a dominatrix as the goddamn uh, world champion. <laughs> but so it's 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 all like they they've kind of been the the opposite of the that attitude either with it where they went to the furthest extremes they could. You know, with the kind of the shocking, the, mm-hmm. the Jerry Springer, Howard Stern type stuff. Whereas you're just getting a kind of a wee taster for it now. Yeah. Just a wee taster, the Dominatrix, uh, the other play, just a wee taster, the, <laughs> the, all the, all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, but in, t- in terms of, of bringing back around to, to Cody, uh, being able to, uh, to pick and choose who he's on the shows with, it's, it's a good, it's poss- probably quite a good development for his, his character yeah, as well. You know, it's, it, it, it can rile people up. It can make them mm-hmm. be a baby face, but giving the heels something proper to have an mm-hmm. issue with them about as well. And that's why uh, I'm going to make that the page three for this week. Uh, I'm going to give that one to you, Lewis. And the headline for that is Cody making in roads. Looks better <laughs> written down. Uh, for Roman, because obviously it is... He, he needs to finish this story, this never-ending oh, story. Oh, you've missed one there. You've missed one. All roads lead to Rome, man. That's a good one as well. That, that could be the mm-hmm. sub. That could be the sub headline. Aye. 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 But aye, it, it will always look better, but <laughs> down. Those, those kind of ones there. Uh, now, uh, the last bit of the paper that we need to fill this evening, the uh, last bit of the daft sheet, is the TV pages uh, where I'm going to ask you guys to give your recommendations for something that's wrestling related, but not necessarily wrestling. Uh, so I'll come to you on this one first, Lewis. What, what would you uh, say would be your, your pick of the the, the, the TV um, pages? Uh, it's going to be friend of the show, uh, sort of cultaholic Tom Campbell. He came, he came on uh, the. On the TikTok, and the last video that Colt Hawk put out was him going round to a WWE fan. It was a little boy, and it was a sort of he won a competition. His mum applied for, and they got him loads of toys. It was really heartwarming, and they came into his house. So you've seen loads of things before, like Make a Wishes and WWE and all that. It was the same mm-hmm. sort of vibe to this. And um, they took him to a show in, uh, I think it was the last one in Newcastle, the WWE Live, and they even got a video from Cody uh, saying, I think his name was, I think his name oh, was Heath good. or something. It was, hey, hey Heath, uh, heard you're a massive fan. I'd like to invite you as my guest to WWE Live in Newcastle and everything. And it was just one of those heartwarming videos that it's only it's only a couple of minutes long, so... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd suggest, I'd say that's the the best wrestling but not wrestling thing I've seen so far this weekend. I'd say check it out. Anything Tom Campbell deleted right now is, is absolute gold. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 talk, we talked him up last week about you know the, the impact that he had on getting Grado uh, booked for, for All In and, and everything like that. But he's just like he's such a, a positive light in in what can be quite a a dark uh, wrestling world, especially wrestling media. Uh, and ag- again, the the chat I had with him back what maybe ten weeks ago uh, for for one of the first episodes of the Daft Sheet, I could have talked to him for ages and just because it just radiates that and the fact that he's been able to use cultaholic to bring happiness mm. to to that kid 
uh, in the, the video as well. Great, he's a, a great guy, great guy. And again, he's, he's one of these ones that I love talking about. I just hope nothing shady comes out about him. Now <laughs> 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 we need to we need to make everything they acted. Oh. Uh, it's, it's just it, it's so commonplace in wrestling just now. You know, uh, I'd mentioned in the, the Discord chat earlier on as well. Uh, unfortunately, another uh, wrestler uh, passed away uh, this week. Uh, Dean Alexander, who uh, was the the last uh, opponent of Lionheart before before he passed away. Uh, and I, I knew Dean. Shit. I knew Dean, not 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 mega well, but when when I was uh, doing seminars and stuff with PWU over here, he was always up for them. I uh, uh, commentated on a couple of shows, I think that, that he was on, and it was he was always nice enough, a nice enough guy to me. But uh, unfortunately, during me too, he got outed for for quite a quite a couple of things and that kind of he moved away from Ireland as a result of that and I know that he was working over in uh, some of like Marty Jones shows in the, the northwest England and things like that uh, and uh, unfortunately the, the news broke the other day that, uh, that they passed away and although he was kind of blackballed for, for stuff that that he was, he was getting up to and stuff you, you don't want you, you maybe don't want them near wrestling schools and things like that, but you you don't mm-hmm. want them dead. You know, it's yeah. it, it's it's sad enough on that. Uh, but the fact that there is so much positivity from guys like Tom Campbell and various other wrestling outlets that are there, uh, it's uh, it's good good to see that people can uh, latch onto that. I, uh, um, I remember when the the speaking out stuff happened, Chris. It was actually through a report. Tom Campbell was reading out um, that that I got all the news from. Um, he did like a big ten minute um, piece on uh, uh, on YouTube on the Call of Hot channel, and you can see it in his face. He's it's just demoralised reading all this Aye. out about all all these these guys that we all loved well, and sure. looked up to, and you find out they were up. I like people that he knew and interviewed and. Um, and we're finding out all these unspeakably horrible things that these guys were doing. But he, he took a minute at the end to say, and, and, and let's not forget, that was all the height of COVID. We were depressed mm. enough because we were all locked in our, our houses at the time. And he, he, But he took a minute at the end and saying, guys, I know this is and I know this is a really dark period in our lives, but please, please, please don't turn your back on wrestling because of this. Do not let... Yeah, a few scumbags ruin it for for us all. You know, let's try our best to stick together uh, because we will be together again at wrestling shows and join it again. So please keep the faith and uh, remember, wrestling is still a a place for good and, you know, credit to him for that because a lot of people would have thrown in the towel and say, fuck this shit. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, Watching wrestling again, if this is the kind of dark shit that that's involved in it, uh, it's it's good that we've kind of we've got through the, the speaking out movement. And again, I know that like even one PW have been in the the news this week for for no paying people and stuff like that. So and so there, there seems to be a bit of shadiness keeping back. I read that and I thought, Jesus Christ, is it two thousand and five again? Uh, it's it's mad, but hopefully there's a, enough enough positive stories coming out of wrestling, and enough positive work being done by promotions mm-hmm. uh, to to make sure there's no. Just quickly, I, I just guess, uh, Lewis, I saw the shortened version on 
Cultaholics Instagram page about that, and I was it was a really beautiful video, and well done, Tom, for putting it together. Well done, Cody, as well, because um, Cody's kind of uh, taking up the mantle from, yeah, from Cena, Mr. Kind of Make-A-Wish guy. Mm. Aye, and, and he really knows how to... Um, how to come across that really well and sell it well. We saw bits of that, bits of him do that in AEW and all that. I mean, he, he, cured, he, 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 he cured racism, now he's going to cure child cancer as well. <laughs> cool. Right, we'll go from there on to your pick uh, for the, the best uh, wrestling-related thing to watch this week, Steve. Well, it's, it's more a preview thing. It's... Um, it's something that starts next week on Netflix. I'm very, very excited about, and it's something called Wrestlers. It's a documentary series about OVW. It used to be the developmental territory for WWE prior to FCW, which later evolved into NXT. Um, it used to be managed back in the day by Cornet, um, believe it or not. Um, these days, it's now uh, managed and part owned by Al Snow. And it's just, um, if you watch the trailer for it, um, it's just about these guys trying to make it in the world of uh, wrestling. I think it kind of stems around three wrestlers and also the management of it. And it's kind of hinted that it's still one of the hotbeds if you want to get spotted uh, in wrestling and get signed to either WWE or AEW. But... Because it's a small-time wrestling promotion, it's got a mountain of financial problems, and um, in it, they, they say Al Snow is a great creative mind, but unfortunately, he's not a very good businessman. And I think the way they're selling it is that Al's almost kind of the heel in, in, other, in other ways, because he's kind of on camera saying, I've been in the wrestling business for 40 years. I've worked for every major wrestling company. I'll be goddamned. If I'm going to have some um, local jobbers basically tell me how to book a wrestling show and all this, and then he's got these advisors telling him, "Oh, we're already like two hundred, three hundred thousand in the hole. We can't sell this anymore. We've got to, we've got to start doing tours. We've got to start, um, you know, thinking of of different ways to, um, to you know, make money, but." Um, ultimately, I'm just really excited for it because it's great to see that Netflix are finally putting yeah, something uh, big on about uh, about wrestling, and I hope it's a success so we can we can finally get that Hulk Hogan movie that Netflix have got in their back pocket over oh, the line. The one that's that, either the one that's was meant to be Chris Hemsworth playing him. Um, so, oh, I thought, you, I thought know, you meant the Gawker video. Sorry. <laughs> Oh well, I, well, they, well, they did that as well. But I mean, it's 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 Netflix is supposed to have the rights to do to do that Hulk Hogan movie, the actual Hulkamania movie that Aye. Chris Hemsworth tentatively signed off uh, to play. Risky. I think it's him, and if I'm not mistaken. I think um, did I hear it was it uh, Daniel Daniel Radcliffe is might be involved in that. I think he, there was rumours he might do Macho Man. Class, which would have been put- mental. Aye. Harry Potter cutting about in the wrestling and that'd be, be quite good. I mean, he was right. really good as uh, Weird Al Yankovic in the uh, uh, in the, the Weird Al Yankovic uh, biopic. He was really good in that. Uh, There's rumours that he might be I could see that. Hmm. I could see that. Uh, by the, the, the Hulk biopic uh, 
seems class. They need if, if Vince McMahon is featured in that, they need to get uh, Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Vince, yes. Vince, because he like not not just because he he looks like a young Vince, but he's an absolute sociopath as well. Uh, oh, but yeah, the, yeah. The, the the wrestlers thing it does look mm. pretty class. And again, it's one of these things that it's it's so heavily featured in Al Snow from from what you're saying there. But it seems like the type of thing that Al Snow would be so against in terms of exposing the business. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think that's why he's. I think that's what I'm excited about it for because he's going to be like a pure grumpy bastard in it. The whole thing, the whole mm. time that he's like, "God damn it, we're, we're exposing a business here. We're going. You, you should be you." You you're a heel, you're a babyface. You shouldn't be on camera together, motherfuckers. Getting getting separate changing rooms, that kind of shit. Aye, the old school thing come through. And again, it'll probably do a lot to for for the the the, the, the casual Netflix viewer that's that. interested in murder documentaries and and stuff like that. It'll be good to mm-hmm. get that that insight into it. So I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. that as well. I just I think, hope there's no like I hope there's no me too shit that comes out of it though. Because aye, uh, like you know, it's it's that. You wouldn't put it beyond Netflix to have like f- found out that some shit like that was going on, and they would include in the documentary. Aye, it's it's, it's hopefully a bit murky, uh, or hopefully not as uh, murky mm-hmm. as that anyway. But I think you know, uh, in terms of the the, we, we always love a positive uh, uh, TV page on here, uh, and and with what's uh, <laughs> with what's to come next. Uh, on the podcast to close us out, I think we, we should stick with the positive side of things. So, Lewis, <laughs> you're going to take the TV pages for the recommendations. Did you say it was uh, yeah, Cultaholic's yeah. uh, TikTok? Yep. Sweet. Okay. So, that will be the recommendation for that. Uh, so, guys, thank you uh, uh, for joining us on the, the Daft Sheet this week. Uh, as I said, we had no centre-fold this week, but we are going to end with a quiz. We've not done a kind of quiz section on here for a wee while, just due to timing issues and, and people being able to come on at certain times and whatnot. So I thought, what's something that we can all get behind and enjoy that's kind of topical to wrestling? Uh, and I, I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, Someone who has kind of revitalised themselves in AEW recently uh, after uh, seeing Luchasaurus become the, the, the TNT champion is, is Christian Cage. And again, I know we, we've talked about death quite a bit on, on this over the last few weeks because of Bright Wyatt and, and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm sorry, Christian Cage's dead dad shtick fucking kills me. <laughs> I love it, right? And my, and I, I like I'm, I'm a bastard, right? I've never met my dad. He's probably dead, right? So it resonates with me a wee bit as well. Just like, just like he's he's cutting with it. And there's been so many memes and things about that. Even you know at the the all out press conference, he came out and, and said, was it? Was it? He came out yeah. and I, he asked everyone, how's everyone's how's how's father dead? <laughs> so. So with that in mind, I've come up with the Christian Index, okay? And basically what this is going to be is uh, we're going to see who Christian can feud with in, in later life. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I've got six wrestlers' kids' names and I'm going to give you the names and you need to tell me if you think that their dad is dead or alive and you'll get a point for what you get right. Uh, and if it's a dead one, then that's who Christian is going to end up feuding with. Uh, so uh, I've got numbers one to six here. Uh, so do one of these want to take the odds and one of these want to take the evens? 
I'm easy. All right, I'll go. I'll go odds. So Steve's going odds, and Lewis is going evens. So we'll go odds first. So number one, the child's name is Liberty. Steve, uh, is Liberty's dad dead or the fucking hell? Is Liberty's dad dead or alive? It's alive. I'm pretty sure that's Cody and Brandy's daughter. It is Liberty, Liberty yeah. Donalds. Uh, is uh, is the daughter of the well and fully alive at time of the Corbin <laughs> uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, the, so the child, so who, the, the child that ended racism. Yep. So so Christian <laughs> is not going to be going after Liberty anytime soon. Christ. Uh, number <laughs> two know. is the first of <laughs> the the first of our uh, the the first of our odds here. Uh, first of the even sorry for you, Steve, is Brooklyn. Brooklyn Rose, to be precise, uh, is Brooklyn Rose's dad dead or alive? I'm thinking with that. Yeah, that's quite a. I'd say Brooklyn's quite a a newer name to call a child. Um, however, on the on the flip of the coin, I think I'm going to have to go dead. Uh, Brooklyn Rose is one of Randy Orton's daughters. <laughs> uh, so, uh, although although he's, uh, he's been uh, <laughs> although he's been off screen for quite a while, that would uh, you would assume that he had departed this world. Uh, he is still alive at time of the Corden. Uh, so, Steve, we'll come back to you uh, for one of the odds here, uh, and uh, we've got Ruby. R-U-B-Y, Ruby, a, a, a name that I find very hard to say because I'm a, I'm a speech impediment, which means I can't sing along to Kaiser Chiefs songs as well. Uh, but uh, <laughs> is Ruby's dad dead? This particular Ruby. Ruby, there may be other Ruby's that are daughters of wrestlers, but this one yeah, is particular. See, Ruby's one of those names that it's you only meet really old women called Ruby or, or wee kids called Ruby because it's one of those names that was like common in the 50s and 60s then died mm. out in the 70s and 80s but has now made a comeback post-millennium oh just because of the odd just because of the the, the laws average here I'll say dead uh, Ruby is the sister of Lyric and the daughter of the very much alive Edge and oh, uh, Beth I, Phoenix I sure getting that wrong because they were, they were at, they were at uh, ringside as well for the Sheamus match weren't they yep yep uh, also, I, I, just just when you say that, I saw quite a, a funny. I, I can't remember if it was in the Discord or in on Twitter, uh, but it was uh, a picture of Chad Gable's Damn kids uh, at ringside during his match, and it was like the young bucks sitting at ringside because <laughs> uh, the two of them had long hair and headbands on. Thought well, that was quite funny. Popped me. Uh, right, uh, we'll come back to you, Lewis. Are you sure, it's his. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's going to be tracking Nick and Matt's. Uh, 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 journeys around the years that they were born. <laughs> right, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, uh, dead dads, not uh, illegitimate dads. <laughs> right, uh, so uh, we'll, we'll come on to you, Lewis, for the next even one. And this child is called Kristen, K R I S T E N. Does she have a deceased father? Or the one who is still walking the earth. This particular Kristen. 
see, I don't know what mood you were in when you made this quiz. I don't know if we're just going for all our lives here and you're just no one to bring any more death. <laughs> uh, Kristen with a K. See, with the, the K's making me think quite young. Uh, but I'm just going to go completely, completely against my gut again and say dead. Uh, Kristen has a deed dad. Her dad is Jim Neidhart, and Kristen is the sister of Natalia Neidhart. Ah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, she is the daughter of someone who's been planted for a couple of years now. Uh, we'll come on to, back to you oh, for your the last... One that, the one that JR made the pervy comment about on Instagram? No, it's it's not Jennifer. It's not Jennifer. There's a oh, third, right. there's a third Neidhart ah, sister. Ah, three of them, jeez. There's three of them, <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's, it's not it's not Jennifer. Uh, we'll come back to you, Steve, for your final, uh, your final odd one here. Uh, now, this chap's name is Hank, and is his dad... Uh, Doing push-ups or pushing up the daisies. Hank, <laughs> what is an old guy's name? But it's, it sounds too obvious for it to be dead. Um, I'm trying who, who, who is there anyone today that would call their son Hank? Like, it wouldn't have shocked me if like Stone Cold had a son called <laughs> uh, Hank, but like I don't think Stone Cold's got any kids. Uh, or Undertaker maybe. Undertaker does have a son, I'm sure. I think he's got a daughter with Michelle McCool as well. Uh, aye, but they don't have a they don't have a, a son from a previous relationship. Aye, real. We we say that <laughs> off the neck. Aye, um, oh. just get over with dead. It is dead, but it's not the dead man's uh, kid. No. It is uh, Kurt Hennig's uh, son, uh, Hank Hennig, brother of uh, Joe Hennig, Curtis Axel. Mm, okay. Yep. So I've with the the dead ones, I've not picked like any kind of like recently dead <laughs> ones because that, that I feel that'd be insensitive, uh, or, or less insensitive than than this whole whole thing. Uh, so uh, did you say dead or alive there? Sorry, Steve. I said dead. You said dead. So you get that one right. Now uh, we'll come on to the last one for you, Lewis, and. The kid's name is Lacey. Is Lacey's dad dead or alive? Like Pete Burns once said. No, that that was that was the band name, wasn't it? Aye. Uh, DOA, I'm, aye. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Oh, uh, I'm gonna say I'm going to say dead, but because that would make it to all, if if this person is dead, can you not tell us who it is? And we've both got to guess who the the person is. Oh, that's it. That, this is right. That, that's that. that if good, right, if, but I'm going to say dead. That was I'm like, going to say dead. And <clears throat> uh, yep, uh, Lacey Von Eric's dad is well and truly oh, dead. Right. Uh, I had to look up which of the Von Erics it was that was dead in relation to Lacey. And it was Kerry, the Texas Tornado. Uh, Mind Lacey Von Erich. Mind like when she she was in TNA and she was the absolute shit. She was awful. (laughs) She was at some WrestleCon thing as well. And she was laughing about her dad being dead to Ted DiBiase or something like that. She she was a a fucking fruit loop. Uh, 
But again, that's maybe a, a symptom of losing her dad mm-hmm. at a young age. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't really judge that way. Uh, so yeah, uh, that makes it uh, two each on my account there. So, oh no, I've already told you who the, the dead dad think is. Of another, think of another uh, So Sorry, Lewis. <laughs> oh, no, because it took me ages to find these ones and I'll end up saying something really nasty if I look up anymore. Uh, but yeah, so of the, th- of the three dead dads there, uh, Jim Neidhart, uh, Kurt Hennig and Kerry Von Erich. Uh, which one do you think that Christian, whose kid do you think Christian should go after next? Uh, I would probably say um, it would probably have to be Lacey. Probably the so Von Erich so kid. Because just the, the amount of traction he can get out of the, the Von Erich. Oh, uh, it's, it's like, uh, the like whole a, family. a multi-pack for them. Ah, it? oh, it's like it's like it's this for my it's for my money. The saddest story in history of wrestling is the 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 fall of the Von Erichs and just how horrible that that whole situation was. What four of them all died? I think yeah. I think I listened to. Um, I well, think I listened to. Man, was it behind? Who was it that talked about behind the bastards um, before? Was it you? That was it me. yourself? Um, I'm sure I listened to Aye. a Von yeah. one that they put on um, and it talks through the whole thing. I'm sure it was them that had it. If not, it was some another one. But Aye, there's a good... They uh, talked about that and it was wild. Uh, there was a... Um, there was a good behind the Titan thrown about it that came on YouTube about five mm. or six years ago that really delved deep into the, the Von Erich um, dynasty and the, the tragedies that happened in it. And when you find out what an absolute ruthless bastard Fritz von Erich was, then mm. you'll you'll understand how how so many of them died yeah. at a young age. Right, yep. Rick Flair even brought up on the when he was on Joe Rogan, like didn't he didn't say anything bad about Fritz von Erich. He just said that Fritz really pushed those boys hard, and and as it turned out, way too hard. Yeah, we'll probably see that in the the, the Iron Claw film that's coming out soon uh, with uh, Zac Efron, MGF and the fella out of the bear as well. And uh, who knows, Christian Cage might turn up at the end uh, with his his turtleneck and uh, and, uh, a a dead dead dad. uh, Just quickly, quickly, I want to also say uh, uh, there was a great Reddit thread I saw on um, the Squared Circle subreddit where somebody says, um, name a fictional character that Christian Cage could have a feud with. So, like, obviously Batman, Harry Potter, um, (laughs) Tony Soprano, like, just any, like, uh, any, like, major fictional character you could think of. Basically every superhero that had, because they all have daddy problems, Iron Uh, Man, Spider-Man, the whole lot of them. No, that's, that's a a class way. And, uh, Again, not meaning to end the the podcast on a, on a morbid note, uh, but I just thought you know if Christian is doing some great work, great heel work with this, and a, you know why why should he get all the fun of uh, of of laughing at dead dads? And I'm going to end it there before <laughs> I get myself cancelled. This is probably, I know that, this has probably been the worst one for me. This, and that's saying something. This, this is the darkest one we've done. <laughs> Well, I don't know because I've mentioned Joseph Fitzroy nine eleven and Bin Laden oh, uh, in previous ones <laughs> as well. Good, so, so this this might be top for, uh, it. Fucking twenty twenty three round up at the end of the year. Eh? <laughs> oh, aye, aye. oh, aye. 
Anyway, on, on that note, uh, thank you very much, Steve and Lewis, for coming on to this week's episode of The Daft Sheet. Uh, if you're still uh, uh, interested in the, the main show, I know it's been off for, for a while, uh, I know there's been a bit of kind of discontent on the Discord in regards to what's going on with that, uh, but you know, if you are still looking to support the, the main show, subscribe to the, the, the Discord, get your money in on there. Uh, Get in touch with us on Twitter. No one interacts with the, the, the tweets that we put out on this, but I know that he's watching it because I, I can see the numbers. I can see the numbers, and I know that we're roughly still in the 800, 850 listener region. So thanks to everyone who's for listening uh, for the last uh, 12 episodes that we've done now. I think if we get to 25, if we get to 25, we'll do something special. We might say to John to get us on the, the T-shirt website uh, and get a T-shirt out there. Uh, I, I think you know how you see all like the the football shirts. I can't remember the name of the company that's doing like the wrestling football shirts. I think one of them would be, would be pretty cool. Wrestling, right, that'd be them. class. If that'd we could get that commissioned, maybe your Patreon money could go towards that. Who knows? Who the fuck knows what's happening with that? Uh, but anyway, uh, for the next week until we return with the daft sheet. However, you enjoy your wrestling, keep it daft and keep it sheety. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>